This ripple won't fade. It'll grow and grow until it's a tidal wave. Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Who let the dogs out, Matt? You will obey. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 314, Watch Dogs, is brought to you by Impossible to Find Intake Valves. You don't need to drive all the way to Baja to find one. When we catch you up on what went down, our teaser act here, Matt, Illinois license plate, Naperville to be exact, more specifically the garage of Mac and actually his brother. But who's who? We'll talk about that a little later on. And motorcycles by the way pete as you said they're naperville fun fact not named for local tough jack napier that's a whole other movie universe um but nonetheless it's a really kind of folksy start there's mac talking in code about how he gets new co-workers from time to time his best friends at work have been transferred out insurance company there absolutely and i have to say this pete i don't envy the show when it has to cast somebody like a brother character somebody who ostensibly has known mac his entire life and now you need to say to even the most able of actors all right this is your big brother who you love and who you can fool around with and it's it's all of that now connect how does that happen well pete this actor that they have and just the connection there between Mac and his brother, they have the charisma, they have the it factor in a fraternal way. It just works between the two of them. And the discussion going on here between management being out of control, new people, the two agency was closest with having been transferred. Uh, meanwhile, Mac's brother has been laid off to which Mac tells him it's just a temporary setback. I love that regardless of what, um, Henry Simmons character has gone through. The guy is constantly upbeat. It's infectious, Matt. I'm infected. Well, it's, it's this wonderful casting, as you said, of Henry Simmons, who's been on the show now long enough to just feel so ensconced. And, and as I said before, at least as I, as I was suggesting before, um, the, the, the actor Gaius Charles, who just is, I'm assuming that he has to make whatever acting decisions to fall in line with Henry Simmons. It's not obviously going to be the other way around. Yes, they can play off of each other, but he's the one that has to play the brother of guy on the show, not vice versa. And it's it's just a wonderful connection that they both have. And, and it's Henry Simmons in the driver's seat here. We get uh, Chekhov's dog statue there. Wait, this is this is still here. Mom and Dad didn't take this when they left the house. There's an entire itinerary planned for their day here. Lunch, beers, fixed bikes. There are some steaks that are going to be cooked here. The brother's a little bit of a of a culinary uh, aficionado. 
but suddenly they Pete, find themselves. I, I just have to interrupt and just say to our our longtime listeners will know what they're describing sounds like a day at Fantastic Geek <laughs> HQ, a day off. This was today. This was today, absolutely, because every day we get the podcast is a joy. It's like that. And then days we don't podcast, it's making the motorcycle fixings and all that they do with struts and spark plugs and stuff. But as they're uh, messing around, they happen to see on the TV a watchdog's video uh, government facility attacked. And this is replayed here. And they blow up the building, uh, having shot several uh, things at it. It actually, we learn later, implodes. But the foreboding words of the watchdogs, you will obey. And then the brother, Ruben's uh, shocking reaction. This is awesome, right? This is the first moment where I sat up and said, ooh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is putting on its big boy pants here because this seems a little bit close to our real world. Um, we kind of have this, you know, dare say, kind of ISIS-style video here um, and this kind of very public show of force um, where I said, oh, I wonder if that's going to be a through line. Um, <laughs> indeed, as it will be, and we'll discuss in due course. Uh, one thing, though, Pete, I got wrong. My notes say that the building gets promptly sucked into the void, Ant-Man style. I think that was a good guess, the better guess, that it's uh, it's Stark style to be revealed in a bit. Act one here, and we learned that the ATCU has been hit uh, courtesy of Coulson, who was on the phone with Mac, not blowing his cover, of course. Though he's with his brother, uh, Coulson lets him know, hey, we've all got family. We've got to move forward on this. I like seeing slightly more, um, I was going to say dictatorial, although that's a, perhaps a bit harsh, but I like seeing kind of more of the Colson's making the tough decisions. Authoritative, Authoritative, I would call him in in this episode for sure. And whether it's you know, sorry, it's your week off. We all make sacrifices. Get going, click. Uh, or some of the stuff later on with Lincoln. It's it's just a nice addition because we don't always have things for Colson to do at the center of the story. So let's let him be more of the boss with his boss shoes on. Uh, nonetheless, though, Pete. Back to Mac. He needs to leave those steaks and beer and bro for a while. And uh, back at Shield HQ, Pete, second time I'm sitting up, there's mention of how the the Watchdogs have had some hate speech online, but nobody was particularly concerned. Again, it's like, wow, hate speech online. We're 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 starting to you know we're starting to, to use some metaphors for the real world here. Yeah the uh, the comment section. Uh, remark out of Colson as well um, that you know there's there's a bar fight joke in here somewhere. Fitz is kind of lagging behind in this conversation. Uh, Daisy runs into Lincoln. They have a quick reunion, and the subject of his shield evaluation comes up for the first time in this episode. But Colson explains Lincoln is going to sit this one out. Fitz will go with you. Pete, to the, to, back to the hole we go where the building once was. There's residue of nitromine. Pete, that causes implosions like on Agent Carter last year. 
and Nitramine is known to Coulson too. There was a guy, Pete, who thought that it could be added to our arsenal. <laughs> uh, our, awesome. as in it's a S.H.I.E.L.D. Awesome. agent that we met. And then, Pete, we start to intercut to that very man because it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We intercut. Yes, Agent Felix Blake, who apparently has gone rogue with the watchdogs who need to know or need to let you know they've been there because they spray paint their stencil onto the concrete that they don't blow up. But uh, back with the analysis of the uh, wreckage, the debris here, there's a 100,000 ton ball of building similar to as glimpsed on Agent Carter before and the tying back to Howard Stark technology, sodium hydrogen acetate. That neutralizes nitramine. Important story point for later. It's just your basic eighth grade chemistry. I mean, come on. We all we all knew that. But I'm glad the show reminded us. Just like as soon as we saw Titus Welliver, I said, that's former agent Felix Blake. Yes. But I'm glad that Colson <laughs> said it. I didn't need to know it. You didn't need to know it, Pete. Our listeners didn't need to know it. But there's the other people out there. He had had his spine broken by uh deathlock and uh had been in the hospital as shield fell after the act break pete there we are with simmons practicing her gun skills good news pete may is showing up super early in this episode that means there's going to be a lot of may she's not just there to guide her and counsel her but then simmons spills that she is tired of feeling like poor little Simmons who everyone has to save. It's survivor's guilt. She didn't kill Andrew when she had the chance. May says it's not her fault, and I think that's the final May scene. So boo hiss to that. No, she has another scene with Oh, May. does she? Good. There's so there's so few and far between, Pete. I have trouble <laughs> keeping track. We need to get more May in the show. Hello. We do. It's it's common, Matt. But uh, the subject of this discussion vis-a-vis -vis her survivor's guilt is that she saved her own skin and instead allowed Andrew to kill several Inhumans. But we come back to it's, it's like the, um, the goodwill hunting, Matt. It's not your fault. Mm. It's not your fault. How about them apples? Back in the S.H.I.E.L.D. plane, there's discussion uh, between Mac and Daisy in particular uh, as to whether S.H.I.E.L.D. is the Gestapo or protecting, uh, you know, protecting force. Should S.H.I.E.L.D. Side sidestep civil liberties? Oh, my goodness. The show is now dealing with contemporary issues in a very real way. Bravo. The show has extra metaphors. That, given the look, look at the change we've had in Daisy now, somebody who. Early in the episode, she's using her hacktivist skills. Oh, God, I can't believe I said the word. Um, you know, first glimpsed in the pilot. And now she's saying that civil liberties, these guys lost their rights to those when they started imploding buildings. Look at the character work in the space of three years. It's it's phenomenal. And there, uh, there must have been discussions hey, are we going to alienate our already slowly 
shrinking audience if we bring in discussions like these you know what go for it particularly since where the movies are headed that's part of the discussion just go for it i love that they're doing it it's it's enough sci-fi alien dna pulse power electric fingertip guy stuff so that it's not the here and the now of the real world it's enough to sit and say these are the things that we discuss you know th that we discuss after the news so why can't we discuss them after an episode of agents of shield a show about a government agency that needs to keep people safe but also make tough decisions and so forth i i just love it absolutely love it it's coming at the right time and and things happen for a reason agents of shield recorded its uh career low rating last week they dipped below one for the first time ever but they've already got a renewal for a fourth season. We're rocketing towards the civil war in the Marvel cinematic universe. They'll have another 10 pole movie to uh, play to come November next year, next fall in Dr. Strange. Now you've earned this. Take the swings. If you miss, you still took them. And that's the way that it's going to go. And Pete, just for the for, for those not aware, uh, could you just explain in one sentence how it is that a show with dwindling ratings was renewed so quickly and so easily? Because uh, when you're in a third season, the likelihood of a fourth season renewal, because old model syndication uh, was a guarantee. And now the idea that come the end of a fourth season, traditional 22 episodes, 88 episodes ready to go for Netflix or Hulu or whoever you're going to package them on for. There you go. It's first of all, Pete, I'm so proud. I've taught you so well, but, um, it's more valuable now almost than ever before to, to sell that chunk to these competing third party, uh companies that, that there's almost more value there than yep. tnt is gonna run it five nights a week and maybe we'll do a series box set on the dvd like you, you know when when seinfeld is getting all eight hundred thousand dollars an episode the trickle down effect is 80 episodes of agents of shield might not get you eight hundred thousand dollars an episode but it's gonna get you a chunk of change for no extra work and people are going to binge this in a way that they're not going to binge 150 episodes of Seinfeld. Beam, Back to Shield HQ. Uh, Colson, he's not thrilled with Lincoln's evaluation. He wants to see it for himself, which was also, again, kind of hard butt Colson. And um, frankly, Pete, the kind of the kind of leadership you need in the office where somebody says, I want to actually see this for myself and make my own decisions. So. I applaud Colson here. Amidst the further background exposition of uh, Blake and knowing some things, he doesn't think that Colson knows talk of safe houses. Uh, this assessment, this evaluation here, what it tells um, Colson, at least about Lincoln, uh, we will get to. In uh, back in Napersville, we're getting what I thought was a, a, a well-timed bit of uh, a background uh, from Ruben. The notion that he's uh, he's uh, you know on the wrong end of the mortgage. He's at risk of losing his health care. These are the things kind of pushing him to the edge. 
again, a story that we've heard before, perhaps from our, our, our own community, you know, family, friends, whatever it might be. But the notion that the show is slowly or at least quietly pushing is this is a guy pushed to the brink in his day-to-day stuff. Now he is more susceptible to hear the hate speech of the watchdogs. Oops, is that also a metaphor for something else? Oh, back we go to our superpower show. To me, it was just this moment of, oh, we are are taking a character of color in the show to take up the banner of hate against the metaphorical aliens in the MCU to also be a proxy for us seeing this sort of thing in the real world in slightly different arenas. Flipping the script, as it were, and uh, referencing that the system is rigged. Oh, you sound like a watchdog. Those nuts... But wait, that was a direct quote. Pete, I'm glad that Ruben made it out of this episode because I was convinced it was going to be like, but I'm one too. No. So that that's good because the character is great. The actor is great. Glad to see him around for more. Uh, speaking of around for more, we're back for more Simmons and May. May is looking uh, in the wrong place for something, Pete. Yes, she's pursuing Andrew that Simmons puts together that Simmons feels guilty all the tro- all the time. How can that stop? Well, she needs to channel it and uh, May can help. And she thinks that Simmons can help her. Back to the plane. Lincoln needs some info uh, from from Colson and vice versa. So what was the what were the details from the evaluation? Colson uh, questions Lincoln's commitment to shield versus Daisy. He notes that Lincoln has control issues. Um, he is he interested in the shield cause or is he just there for a pretty girl? Colson chewing Lincoln out. It's a fantastic moment to remind us that the boss is a boss boss. Clark Gregg is at his best on this show when he's allowed to trust in his people and delegate. And when he's got to call one of them on the carpet, I think he does it very well as well. And here telling uh, Lincoln that there were no surprises in that evaluation. This is the test. Elsewhere, Dawes is driving his pickup truck. What? You don't know Dawes? Daisy does, because she was able to track him down using her hacktivist powers. Um, She also outs him as talking about rounding up the freaks, and uh, she's one of those freaks, too. She smashes his his windows, and what I thought was an incredibly uh, authentic moment here from the actress where... Surely she's somebody who must have encountered, in a personal way, uh, racism in her life. And I kind of felt like there was just that extra edge there where, you know, where the character of Daisy seemed especially informed as to confronting this type of person. And uh, Dawes, of course, unable to run because Fitz is there with a gun, which I just loved, even though he didn't have much to say. He's he's an able guy in the field. And there was this look on Fitz's face, this pang of conscience, knowing what Daisy's doing is wrong in a way that if Mac were there, it would never be allowed to happen. Now that's interesting, Pete. I saw the pang, but I read it more as 
like I can't believe I'm now comfortable with this. I can't believe I'm comfortable holding a gun to a guy and being the backup, being the you know the 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 backstop here. Um, I certainly think you 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 well could be right. Perhaps it's a little of both. Act three, Matt, and a uh, couple days after Easter, we're headed to Easterling Farms. Wow, it, it's all connected. Uh, Daisy tells Mac that she's gotten uh, information from someone who would like to talk, someone who is willing to talk. It's 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 okay, Mac. None of it's questionable at all. Mac seems tentative uh, to really act and uh, is gets noticed here by his brother Ruben, which. I'm not sure, Pete. They didn't say Ruben's name a whole ton. I know they said it here. Um, for a show that's usually pretty good about spelling out the expositional things, I was a little unclear as to Ruben's name until this third act. It was a little confusing when we then later flip the names around that uh, Alfonso, who is given the nickname Alfie, and then later in the episode where... Uh, you know, he likes to be called Mac, but Ruben's called Mac by friends. It was, it was confusing. Not confusing though. Pete is, uh, back to May and Simmons. We go, you're right. Pete may is in this more than I thought. I'll, 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 you know, back off from the ledge here. Um, references made to lash acting by instinct. Uh, may also says, I think because she's seeding future story elements, uh, yeah. that she will kill him when she finds him. Simmons mentions that there's a chance of using the vaccine on Andrew. Oh man, Pete, I'm glad we're not anti-vaxxers here. Um, you mean after like all, uh, Robert De Niro? Well, uh, Robert De Niro was, then wasn't, then was, then decided not to talk about it anymore. Um, but fun fact about Andrew, because we don't want to lose Blair Underwood, um, he's not done with his transition, which I would just like to pause the narrative for a moment and say, really? Didn't, um, didn't Daisy complete her transition in like as long as it took to break out of the rock and didn't Joey. So why yeah. is Andrew we, still mid transition? We need to call the slightest bit of, uh, story Bologna on that. If not only that what they might be saying is because he got the residue from Jai Ying's book. Whereas, okay. Okay. I'll give you a little bit of that, but Matt, this has been months and months and months. When's that darn transition going to be finished? All I know is this Pete, if he is trans and human, I support him a hundred percent. I'm just questioning the writer's decision for this, but I am, I am okay with, uh, with uh, with Lash, with Andrew, we're all just people. Back to other Call people. Him Lash. Lash. Back to other people. Fitz and Daisy uh, are 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 at the farm. They take out the perimeter guards. They send the drone over. Pete, I know we don't. I know we've seen the drones since the first couple episodes, but wow, does this not take you back to that that new show, Agents of Shield, where it's got those funny people who talk like. Like the 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 king or whatever, and they have their their drones and whatnot. Um, Meanwhile, was... down in Atlanta, uh, one of the safe houses, Colson and Lincoln raid it. Uh, but Blake, Matt, he's at the farm. Why why would they be going there? It's 
it's it's a mystery, Pete. But here's what is no mystery: is that Daisy texts information, and Colson gets it on his iWatch by the fruit company because he's cool. Yeah, and uh, that they need to get visual contact with Blake. They're looking for evidence of what Blake is doing. Oh, do you hear that? Pete, then we start a patented Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cross-cut of two different scenes. Coulson and Lincoln, they're going in. They're going downstairs. Meanwhile, back at the farm, Daisy's going in. Is there a weird POV shot there? What's up with that? Coulson finds Blake. That's weird. We thought Blake was at the farm, too. Looks like Blake has some some old tricks, Pete, and they're about to be revealed. Yes, Coulson uh, communicates with the other team in Illinois that they are to observe. And what do they observe? Mac's brother on a bike who comes right up. What does he think you do? Insurance? Not anymore, says Fitz. Great strength there out of Ian DeCacaster, who is in a bunch of scenes in a supporting role. I'm not necessarily critical not everybody's going to have you know story of the week here but i just like that here he is three years later you know we talked about daisy before here's fitz who you know can just jump to that judgment of like all right you know spy buddy cover blown deal with it your life just fundamentally changed and that's all in not anymore it's all in his delivery it's fantastic he's always been about the timing Colson heads down to the uh, basement and as Daisy is uh, pushing to take a shot here for Blake, uh, tells Fitz to call the module. Um, Where are you, Blake? It's like you disappeared. There's also the, the, the super sneaky inclusion, I believe, right here. So sneaky, Pete, it didn't make my notes, but it made my memory even before it became a story point where as the fight ensues, it's mistaken that, uh, that Mac has the, the, the powers that, uh, that Daisy has. Um, along the way, too, of course, we get, uh, we get uh, um, Ruben you know, turning that bike around, heading off on his iron house. Um, but most importantly, Pete, Fitz is shot with the sodium stuff and his fix doesn't work. Pete, if they don't figure out something, it's going to be messy. Believe you mean the nitramine. The, nitramine, uh, sodium, it's it's all connected. Well, the other one is the one that counteracts it. Uh, the uh, sodium hydrogen acetate. But uh, in the basement, um, Lincoln and Colson have found... What is eventually revealed to be a hologram of uh, Blake, and um, he explains to Colson, apart from the fact that Colson thinks he's recovered well from what happened to him, that uh, like Colson, he's everywhere. Act four begins with Colson and Blake, the dynamic duo, reunited at last. Blake is fighting in secret because S.H.I.E.L.D. was rotten to the core with Hydra and handing things over to the Avengers resulted in things like Ultron. That's when I kind of paused and said, that is tough to argue with because that is all true. Yeah, and to hear this lament having been left on the side, left for dead, really, um, you can see that that's what makes this compelling 
hour long drama is that you can see motivations. Okay. I work with these people and then what have we wrought? Look at all of these terrible things that happen, you know, forget the Hydra schism. That's, that's so two years ago now, Matt, it's all about a civil war. It's, it's notion enough that there's a story out there and I'm not saying it's a script or it's a comic or whatever, but there's a story out there where Blake is the hero and Coulson is dangerously taking things closer and closer to the precipice. Uh, And that's good to have a villain like that. I mean, you think of Blake's motivation uh, versus um, Bill Paxton's uh, John Garrett, who as wonderful as the character was and as fantastic as the actor is, it still just kind of became he's crazy because he's crazy and wants power. This is much more nuanced. And uh, Coulson knows Blake. He knows his tactics. He also knows that speeches, they're not his style, that he's stalling here. Um, Daisy and Fitz now in the chamber with a watchdog uh Daisy's trying to find out to save Fitz here. Uh, what did you put in the bomb? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. When when Blake suspended it, oh wait, that's a that's a word he wouldn't use. So we've got a solution. No time like that to go back to Atlanta. Blake explains that the team in Indiana is but one cell, that Hydra was involved, and we're spreading. Uh, an idea and that idea Colson explains is fear. You were above that. Uh, but, uh, you know, come on, Colson. It's not like you've never killed someone just because you hate them. Grant Ward. <laughs> uh, with that, Colson says to Lincoln, uh, that it's time to do the wrong thing for the right reason, which mm-hmm. I thought was a great line. And there's your, Civil liberties, uh, you, you know, civil da- Daisy war. waterboarding, civil war. There it is, all in the right, all in the one statement, doing the wrong thing for the right reason. Do you overstep your boundaries to get the to get the the proper outcome? Um, in this We're case, as the question. Fearful, Matt, as the the Marvel movie people and the Marvel TV people are right now about crossing the streams. The writing is all heading in one direction. The Marvel TV people and the Marvel movie people need to get on the same page, which is not the direction those separate divisions within Disney have now gone. But I digress. It's time to kill Blake, and I love the back and forth there. Yes, we will learn in in this scene and in the next scene that it's a bit... Uh, I don't know, punches pulled, but I like that at the end of the day, Coulson orders Lincoln to kill Blake. Uh, Lincoln does, or at least takes a, a step in that direction. And uh, that's also when Lincoln is the last person in the world to figure out that Blake's a hologram. Yes. Uh, and later Coulson will tell him that uh, that's not what I saw you do when you went for Lash. I'm bright enough to know that wasn't a kill shot. That You played it right. You offered the dissenting opinion, and we got what we needed to. Also knew it was a lag because, uh, yeah, Blake tends to interrupt you more. Pete, this was the Kobayashi Maru for young 
Dr. Lincoln. Uh, in the interim, though, we had Fitz, who it was discovered uh, the new spray has worked insofar as it was glowing, but still on him. I wondered if they were going to do something with that. Um, but instead, the scene uh, there with Fitz moves to the notion that they have the bad guy who's going to go to the ACTU. And uh, let me head back for that Colson bit you just explained. Then back we go to Ruben's house. Max's brother wants to know who he is. He was going to apologize to him. Instead, he's a liar. These are all lies, Matt. This episode, Pete, aside from, you know, metaphorically discussing issues in the news today, is also about pace, pace, pace. Uh, back to Colson we go, who figures out the Blake must have known powered people would come. Wait a minute, what? At the plane, the goon starts to say just that. We're going after the other powered person. Hold on, because the powered people would come. Blake must have known that. It's all coming into play together. And uh, wait a minute, they did mistake Mac as powered, which was just slid in there ever so much. And because, Pete, it's nonstop pace, we've seen Colson, we've seen the plane back at Mac's house again, because round and round we go, the watchdogs are rolling on up. And setting motorcycles on fire. All right, let's kill the freak. Okay, Matt, let me tell you now about NJ Toys and Collectibles, which has been family-owned and operated with a passion for toys and collectibles for over 20 years. They carry a wide variety of items from Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, as well as many other comic heroes. They proudly ship internationally, and if you buy now and use our exclusive coupon code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, you can save 10% on your first order. NJ Toys and Collectibles is your source for exceptional vintage and modern toys. Visit www.njtoysandcollectibles.com. That's NJ Toys and Collectibles today. After the act break, Pete, let me lay some MLK down on you. Hate begets hate. Violence begets violence. Toughness begets a greater toughness. We must meet the forces of hate with the power of love. Hashtag irony because the watchdogs are going to kill Mac and his brother Ruben, even though they aren't powered because hate begets hate, brother. Yeah, the the bike's on fire here, and Mac explains, though, we're not inhumans. Your new friends are still going to kill us. Mac reminds Ruben here in, in a nice callback, because I had kind of forgotten in the forefront of my mind that uh, Mac hates this stuff. He's just a mechanic who's been mm -hmm. pushed into all of this. Um, it's not quite, you know... Five days from retirement, but it's that kind of uh, resigned sigh anyway. Uh, they they take out Dad's hidden shotgun, which is hidden like two feet from them, which works out well. Um, Pete, how many guys are on the property? Wait, let's, let's, let's listen for them. All right, how many, Pete? Five. Five. Mac turns off the lights. Pete, they can walk around the house with their eyes closed. Um, Ruben gets a machine gun, and uh, there's the... What I what I was concerned was the leading foreshadowing line. Try not to shoot yourself or me. Um, then a fight breaks out. And that poor dog statue gets it. Although it doesn't break, much like the McKenzie brothers. 
Um, three guys are now down. Three watchdogs are now down. Um, Mac and Ruben figure out that there are two watchdogs in the back. And um, pretty quickly, Mac gets shot. And I was prepared to throw things at the TV. Yeah, but there's a cleaver because we've established not only uh, does Ruben uh, like to cook, he knows his way around the kitchen. Uh, Mac makes the shotgun axe, which I thought this was kind of poorly timed. He's trying to save his brother. This wasn't, hey, let's make the joke back to the finale last year. Shotgun axe. I think that it shows that uh, the elder Mackenzie can take control of the situation and is uh, using humor to calm his civilian brother. Um, also, I thought it was slightly less great timing that just as soon as they get all the bad guys, then Mac passes out and you're like, oh no, it actually was fatal. Cut to shortly later oh he's been saved by paramedics so like what am i supposed to feel pete am i supposed to feel that mac has been fatally wounded or that it's just a flesh wound and now he can create a shotgun axe or he's just died in front of his brother or he just has a cut on his arm what am i supposed to feel their greatest moment as far as action and dialogue but what is far better matt is this meetup between daisy and ruben where Daisy explains that he's going to be fine. They're going to take him to a facility nearby. That's ours. Um, and Ruben is clearly still shaken that, uh, you know, I never, all those men, he had to shoot them. And uh, Daisy explains uh, this is S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, uh, Ruben asks, Alfie works for S.H.I.E.L.D.? Wait, what did you call him? <laughs> Mac is what my friends call me, Ruben explains to Daisy. Um, Should have been there to uh, call him. And she explains that Mac is the one that she always wants when she needs somebody to watch her back. Still need that ride, Mac? Pete, the way it's kind of left open there, I have to wonder if uh, if if the role was cast with like like one episode here, option to recur, because I expect that we'll see uh, we'll see Reuben McKenzie back before we know it. He's not a character that needs humanizing because he's so human to begin with, but it it adds another layer as far as his characterization. So would love to see you know an evolving relationship. Now that his brother knows what he does after that last commercial break we start and this is this is a hefty uh zinger at the end um we start in colson's office it's revealed that the actu attack was a cover there was a company car um it's been tracked back to malik i initially thought that they were saying it's been tracked back to the actu um but uh, it's Malik who has sponsored the Washdogs using Hydra to kind of get everything all, you know, all, all fired up there. So why were they there after all, Pete? Well, Mr. Guerra um, hands over to uh, Agent Blake, who's in a wheelchair, Matt, when he's not his hologram self. Um, Ultimately, we see the missile in the back of this van, but discussion about uh, 
weaponry so that they can finally hunt down those freaks. Yes, freaks, he tells Mr. Gara, who is one of those freaks. And uh, yes, indeed, Mr. Gara says freaks repeating it. He's going to give Blake troops. There's going to be all sorts of power shifted. What's in the van, Pete? What's in the box? It can't be as simple as just being a warhead. We don't tend to deal in real world weaponry so much on this show. So I can only imagine there's some inhuman, uh, if not from the uh, Squidward end of things, some other fantastical element of it that's uh, inside this warhead. Maybe what they're going to do is try and deploy some kind of DNA changing uh, blast that will make everyone inhuman, like basically the plot of the first X-Men movie. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys. First up, Matt, Dem Watchdogs, though. They are a surprisingly effective uh, bad guy group, I think, because they seem so familiar and because they're they're set up as um, a, a domestic version of a of a foreign product that we see in the real world, and and that's um, that masks the metaphor, but that also makes it a little bit more scary because now we're we're bringing it closer to home and we're bringing it with uh, with um, faces of the of the majority um so i like that direction they've taken i i dare say it's even a little edgy someone must have said at one point you know guys do we really need to do like you know like the michigan militia here do we can't we can't we make them all like orange because there was a a a thing with the nuclear or the something and no they're they're just kind of going for that well, rooted in the comics as they are, the way to bring them in is with the current inhuman illegal immigration discussion that we're having given the show. And they're an effective group, largely faceless, except for one former agent, Felix Blake. Boom. Speaking of Blake, I bet he's next on your list there, Pete. He is, and uh, haven't seen him since season one. Uh, the actor, though, Titus Welliver, the one-time roommate of Clark Gregg, great here in an adversarial role. I mean, he had a little bit of that role the last time we saw him. There was a little bit of a standoffish situation, but by the end of their dealings, uh, Colson and Blake were on the same page. Blake also having appeared in one of the um, Marvel one shot uh, little uh, movies there on the Blu-rays. But to bring him back here, uh, great to get an actor of this caliber that holds down his his own show now in Bosch on uh, Amazon. And uh, he he brings what we need that, you know, uh, gravitas that, you know, not on the level of a powers booth, but as somebody who's believable that he's manipulated by and reporting to a powers booth and Gideon Malik. 
I don't know if the standard network TV contract, which says you can do one uh, one uh, guest spot per season outside of the show that you're on, you know, the, of which you are a cast member. I don't know if that applies to the world of Amazon shows and all of that, but it's all the more lucky that they're able to get him in between these these multiple seasons of Bosch. Um, if only just regardless of what his contract says, it might have just been you know the wrong the wrong six months he's he could be knee deep in Bosch stuff and just say sorry I can't I can't take time off um so it's nice to have Titus Welliver back always a great addition to uh to the TV screen and um he just brings that brings that like dispassionate gravitas it's 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 really great I had first seen the actor you know wow going on near 15 16, 17 years ago on an episode of uh, Star Trek Voyager where he played a lieutenant of a, of a rogue captain. And he, he really fills that rogue role well. Um, I mean, obviously in Bosch, he's, he's playing a, a cop and there are corruption issues within the force that he's on. But, uh, you know, he, he tends to to find, if not seek out, the same type of material. And in a character here who feels betrayed, much like, you know, Reuben in his lot in life with everything that's going on, that, that the system's rigged. And here is a character in Blake who obviously deals in more complex systems, feeling similarly cut out of the deal. And as mentioned before, understandably so. It's 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 difficult to argue with the perspective that Shield was, by and large, and, and certainly kind of operationally in terms of its management, was a proxy for Hydra. And now that there's Secret Shield, well, what does that say? Are they just still a proxy for Secret Hydra? These are all legit kind of security questions. Uh, ditto on on the 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 damning notion that the superheroes have failed us. You need look no farther than than Ultron and Sokovia and all of that. So it's all just coming together at a really really great time story wise. And lastly, Matt, Mister Guerra here, the uh, delivery boy for Gideon Malik, but with a rather sizable delivery. Yeah, I like the kind of open-ended nature of of whatever it is that he brought. I kind of initially read it, not even initially. My my take was that it was a nuke. Um, I hear what you're saying that that they can probably do something a bit more complex than that. Uh, certainly, time will tell. Or but, even uh, retcon the nuke. Like, all right, this is gonna inhibit all the inhuman powers after the blast until they adapt, or the other story thing that we're gonna write. And Simmons or Fitz will say, maybe Pete, it's a nuke following up on some experiments from 1947 in order to get black matter from another dimension. You never know. You never know. Welcome to level seven. Time to analyze and theorize. Matt, let's pick right back up on that thread. Are they going to repeat the experiments of Whitney Frost? Pete, as fun as it would be to go back in time again to uh, the Agent Carter stuff, 
Um, something tells me that we we got our one Stark wise, um, and and that's it. I think that uh, I, I I like your instinct that we're headed in a different direction where it's it's going to be, you know, a Pandora's box of of story potential. Heck, it might be one of these writers' room things where it's like you know wh- whoever gets done writing the script or pitching the story and and the producer says so 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 what is it? it's nuke shaped so what is it and the writer goes i don't know let the guy who's doing 314 figure it out i gave you a thing at the end go figure it out yeah you know it's it's a warhead what you choose to do with it i think it would be too cutesy like you said with with the stark shout out already to to have two callbacks in the same episode to the same type of technology boy haven't we done anything new in the last 60, 70 years since then, uh, surely with all the inhuman stuff, uh, they've, they've got some larger aim there. Speaking of uh, aiming, Matt, with Malik, with Blake now, um, and we know that, that Squidward is, is behind the scenes here, um, ready to call shots, looking to amass in humans. Um, what do you make of this turn that Daisy's started to make here to, to be so different from where she was to now she's going to use her powers to instill fear, kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy um, with some of the people that have worried about inhumans. I think it's an absolutely fascinating turn for the character and turn for the show. She in so many ways has been the proxy for the audience. Uh, certainly in the first couple episodes being, being the Winston Zetamore, being the person where they can say, Oh, you're new here. This is the, this, this is the, that, I mean, literally the proxy for the audience in those early episodes to, now this extraordinarily powerful person and i think that if we put ourselves in her shoes we too would say i know i'm a good person i know i can smash windows for a full-on racist to get the information out of him to there's the there's the ticking bomb so whatever i do must be okay and i'm not really going that far of course what happens the next time what happens when the guy will not you know, will not succumb to merely broken windows. Um, the fact that she now is the proxy for that whole discussion, um, her slamming the the other goon who was in the uh, containment box, slamming him into the wall, I kind of sort of read that as that's the show giving you the 60-second, you know, um, magic uh, superpower take on waterboarding. She's already up the ante in this episode. Did it work? Yeah. Did it stop the ticking time bomb? Yeah. Is that where we want to go from now on, where she just gets carte blanche? Eh? Um, we'll see. Pete, I, I hope that we can resolve this this season, maybe next season. This might even take a movie about these Inhumans. I don't even know. I got one more for you here dealing with an Inhuman, and that's May. Is she really ready to kill her ex-husband, Andrew? I think the show is ready because I continue to be bothered by her lack of screen time week to week. So if you're setting her up for, 
you know, a multi-episode May arc where she's going to kill this man who loved her enough to step away from her uh, because of her, her tendencies and because of the darkness in her and so forth. If she has to ultimately kill him in order to save him, that's kind of where the most story potential is. So, I, you know, that's, that's not me being spoilery. That's just where where the breadcrumbs lead and where is going to give the best bite to the audience. So I would say uh, watch out, Andrew. May's got a, got a, a real bullet with uh, your name on it. Pete, before we wrap up the, the thoughtful analysis for this episode, just wanted to take a minute to thank uh, Mary Kirk on Twitter, Geek Kirk on Twitter, rather, and Mary Kirk out there on the interwebs for uh, for helping us out in a big, big way on Patreon. We really appreciate her uh, her getting getting behind the, the series of podcasts here and uh, lending a hand. We do. Uh, nobody does it alone, and uh, with listeners and fans like we have we always feel like there's somebody behind us somebody's already always got our back matt we're 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 like daisy and mac with with all these agents out there so thank you again mary yes indeed open the mailbag matt let's check the wire Pete, first tweet comes from Jeff Johncox, JJ Nato. Great observation here uh, regarding uh, Colson and figuring out uh, that Blake was a hologram. Uh, Jeff says, Colson knew the whole time. He's had hologram experience. Hashtag Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hashtag Loki. That's an excellent callback there, obviously, with uh, Colson's mortal wound in the Avengers uh good eye there matt we had a uh comment left on our facebook page here by greg gear uh who responding to our schedule we've been keeping between agents of shield between the daredevil between even some other comic universe movie that came out this weekend that we we put a little something together for he said sleep is for the week but i'm here to tell you matt when we have people who are counting on our analysis for that there there's no weakness whatsoever absolutely it's uh it's a lot going on with uh, Daredevil and Batman v Superman and Agents of Shield and whatnot, but uh, we we enjoy doing this. We enjoy having the dialogue with everyone. So sleep, who needs it? Especially Matt, when we have uh, people heading to Patreon.com, where uh, you can find our fantastic geek page. And if you are donating at the entry level, if you're donating at the largest amount we have, we are super thankful regardless. We put a lot of thought into the perks that we put up there. I'd like to think there's some pretty cool ones. We're going to be adding a super special one in the coming weeks to that, give you a little bit of taste of the podcast that you don't normally get. But, uh, Head there, at least check them out. And again, we cannot be more thankful for what people have uh, chosen to throw our way. Thanks again. Absolutely. So very much appreciated. And, uh, and it certainly helps make the podcast happen. 
Pete, also making the podcast happen, your universe of stars, all the people who follow you on Twitter, how can more people do so? How can people double check that they're doing so already? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 7,427 followers. Can't be wrong. While I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast in, is it up to five different ways, Pete? We are a fantastic geek. That's fantastic with the PH. I'm going to give you four right now. There's the Gmail, the .com, the Twitter, and the Instagram. And then there's the other thing, Pete. There is Facebook.com forward slash fantastic geek with the PH, with the one word, with the likes. Be part of it. With that, Pete, I will remind the listeners on the Pop Culture Podcast that the uh, the adventures will continue this week as we're we're doing Agents of Shield, we're doing Daredevil. Uh, if you're just subscribed to Agents of Shield, we will be back before you know it, which will be a Tuesday. I'll just spoiler alert right there, and uh, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you, Pete, surprisingly, the final word. I'm a mechanic. I hate this stuff. <laughs>